Welcome to episode one of Life Undefined. I'm your host, Yvonne Rodriguez, and I'm excited that you're able to join me on this journey of storytelling. If you listened to my intro episode, you may remember that I referenced meeting a new person over the last year, and she's partly responsible for me starting to listen to my intuition and learning more about spirituality and energy. Uh, She's based out of Tucson, Arizona, and she's better known as Merlin or the Witch of the West. She's a non-denominational ordained priestess and has been making a career as a psychic medium and spiritual coach for more than 10 years now. She is also the author of two books, Spiritual Living, An Introduction to Free Thinking, The Other Side, and Accessing Your Psychic and Gifted Abilities, and Spiritual Living 2, Digging Deeper into the Unknown, the Spiritual, and the Universal. Please welcome my very first guest to the show, Katie Nelson. Yay! Hi! Hi! Um, I'm so glad that um, you're my very first guest to kick off this podcast Uh, I might have briefly told you about the role that you played um, with me and this podcast coming to life. You know, we became neighbors about two years ago, ago, and we really didn't get to know each other until this this past year. I hide from people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've hung out a couple times in the backyard, drank some wine, and talked about (laughs) just being moms and wives and women and spirit. And, and don't mind if I forget my window's open and I'm yelling at the kids. Same here. I, I get that all the time. My husband constantly says, the windows are open. I don't mind too. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, there's moms on both sides. Like, They're doing they the get same it. thing. <laughs> so, um, okay. So you are my neighbor and you are um, a medium and have many psychic abilities. So kind of explain what your gifts are. To roll that into a simple phrase, um, I see things and hear things other people don't. It's not that they can't, they just don't. I see the living and what they go through. I see the dead and what they've been through. And I try my best to just connect the two. I don't think of myself as special in any way. It's just I'm like the phone you pick up to call mom or to call someone. It's just the landlines don't work. So they need someone with that extra boost to kind of fill in the gap. That's what I do. Got it. And so you're a self-proclaimed witch or wicked (laughs) witch of the West. Explain (laughs) that to me because, of course, you know, our society has a very certain view of the witch concept. And it's funny. I will say the first time, um, not that I met you, but we had an interaction um, briefly and you were talking to somebody else. But the shirt that you wore really (laughs) stood out to me. Um, because it said, you can't witch with us. Which isn't true. Anyone can. <laughs> but it's funny. I, I, you know, usually you kind of just take those shirts and yep. do like whatever. But I thought, oh my gosh, she's a witch. Yep. Like, and I wasn't like in a scared way. I was just like, she's a witch. I am a like, witch. Like, that's cool. So <laughs> kind of talk about that a little bit. Being a witch was, I grew up in a Christian family and most of them still are. It's amazing. But I grew up different. My experience with church and everything was not the hearts and flowers most people have because as a kid I saw what was happening or I would see things and I went to a religious school for a long time and the teachers, you know, they weren't nuns but they had that strict, you know, uh, enforcement and they did not like me 
at all. I would say, oh, you know, teachers yell, and I'm like, I'm sorry, your husband cheated. As a kid, not oh, knowing wow. what that meant. <laughs> and of course, they were like, excuse me. Well, then after that, you get targeted, and it was not a good experience for me. My mom realized I'm different. It's okay. She's always been accepting, as has my grandmother. So she pulled me out and put me into public school, right? Like, I'd never been to a public school before, and it was terrifying. It's big, but the teachers there didn't care that I was different, and I think that's because they were so used to a variety of children that I was just another kid with an imagination, they called it. You know, but making friends was hard and all of that. So growing up was different for me. I didn't have a lot of friends because I weirded people out, which that's okay. I learned to be on my own. But at the same time, I wasn't alone. You know, my spirit guide was very, you know, front and center for me since I was a kid. As a kid, I called him Petey. You know, I know now as an adult, now he's Jericho and, you know, all of that. But it was just, you know, growing up, was different for me. And so what did that look like, you know, as a little kid and you're having access to these things, visualizations of things, hearing things, um, you know, how was that for you as a kid? And how did, like, how did you first know, like, oh, wow, this is like, <laughs> like this is, this is normal? Real. Yeah. <laughs> My first memory of it was, again, not you know, one to snuggle with, but I was a little kid. I had my red sweatshirt and turned inside out because it was soft. That's what I slept with. That was my blanket. I'm laying in my mom's bed and I take a nap. And she had that old, those big dressers with the big mirror on it at the end of the bed. And I'm just laying there looking at it. And all of a sudden this shadow comes up in the mirror and she falls out of it and goes under the bed. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, what, Mom? And she's like, you're okay. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Something's there. And I had my little blanket or sweater hanging over the bed, and she pulled it underneath and took it. And I remember thinking, well, you can have it. I'm not taking it now. That's my first memory of spirit, of being mom didn't see that, but it took my sweater, you know. And wow. after that, I saw them all the time. It wasn't always the good guys either. That's where it got a little... I was going to say that first experience, yeah, it seemed very right? scary. And um, it's, it's funny, we have that, you know, there's like a meme of whatever, like, I won't sleep with my foot hanging off the bed. Right? You're always afraid. And I'm like, oh my God, that really just did happen. That happened to you. It did. It did happen. I don't put my foot over the bed, even though I know now there's nothing under it. But, you know, it is an experience that stuck with me, you know, for obvious reason. But... After that, I saw them everywhere. I saw shadows everywhere. But again, I still had my spirit guide with me who was brushed off as the imaginary friend. And he was so real to me that my mother would set a place at the table for him because he had to sit with us. <laughs> or you can't sit there, you're going to squish him. <laughs> and she went with it. She accepted it. She, I don't think she knew what he was, but she was okay with it. So that made it okay for me to embrace him and therefore see all of these things. You know, as a kid, when you see someone and they've got the, I call it the death mask, the black eyes, the, okay, and you don't know, are they alive? Are they dead? As a kid, I didn't know. So I just talked to them because they're in the living room. And sure enough, then the parents are like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, well, you don't see him? You don't, you know? Or my grandmother's house. I used to run down the hallway. I'm like, oh, it's so scary in the hallway. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because the man keeps hanging out in that room. And sure enough, come to find out, he did live there. He passed. He was a war vet. 
And he was perfectly fine, never scared me, except that it scares you that he's there and he's not supposed to be. <laughs> and nobody else sees him. And no one sees him, yeah. Oh, I remember, too, I would draw pictures like any kid, and I remember this one because my grandmother kept it, and it was this judge, and he was sentencing people to death. And I'm like, well, that's lovely as a child. You know, as my mom, I'd be concerned, but, you know. And she hung it on her fridge, proud of it, like, yes, you drew me this. And I'm like, is this? But that was what I saw then, is things like that. But at the same time, I learned not to be afraid of death. It's not the end. We transform because after drawing that picture, he moved on. I never saw him again. After finally talking about the man in the hallway, he moved on. We never saw him again. So it was just an acknowledgement that they were looking for, that someone please see me. I'm stuck. And once that happened, then they left. I never had any horrible experiences as a kid as far as physical or anything like that. Um, they play a lot of mind games, I guess. You know, they, they see a kid, they want, oh, that'll be easy to scare because that's what they do. They're bored, mm -hmm. you know. But you learn, or I learned over the years that there's rules. They're not allowed to break them. And interacting with people on certain levels is one of them. You know, when I had my spirit guide with me all the time, you know, I talk about him all the time. Yeah, like he's yeah. like, oh my God, Jay. <laughs> without Jay, I would not be okay. <laughs> and so, you know, teachers and I've been, as you know, I think I've told you where I've been physically jumped by priests and all of this. And I'm like, I'm not a bad person. I just see things different. And where that came into becoming the witch was the established religions didn't work for me. I was like, I would go to church and I'd be so overwhelmed with anxiety because they're crowded. If you think on a busy day, you've got 100 people. Well, imagine each person brings with them three spirits. Mm -hmm. Well, you're getting crowded. You're getting bumped around and you can feel all of this. And I'd have almost a panic attack and my mom would have to pull me out. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, it's too crowded. And she's like, it's not even busy. And I'm like, it's busy. <laughs> it's crowded. You know, or you can see some of the, and I, and I don't in any way, hate on religion. You know that. I'm a big supporter of all of it. But I would go and I'd see these people who church on Sunday back to being a horrible person Monday. And I could feel that. And I'm just like, oh, that's not how this works. You're supposed to be here to take this out into the world. And, you know, again, it just didn't work for me. So when I came across, we'll say witch, right? It, I fell into it naturally. You know, I'm outside, and I would feel the trees vibrating that I sat up against. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're alive. I'd feel the ground, or I'd hear the birds, or even the wind. And it changed me. You know, colors are brighter. You can hear sounds that once you hear one, you can't unhear it. Mm -hmm. And then it just grows from there. So I knew, for me, nature was what I needed. Got it. Yeah. And that's, because I don't know a lot about, you know, being a witch. But is that, mm -hmm. I mean, is it more of the nature? Is yes. it more of that connection? Yes. And it in integrates human, animal, plant, bacteria, the sun, the moon, everything is connected. You know, you can't, you know, pluck this branch off that wasn't ready to die and not somehow affect how the tree grows. You know, it's, it's like that, that we matter. Everything we do matters. And we want to leave a good impression as best as possible. We're not perfect. <laughs> We're going to, like, I've stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with enough people to be like, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but, you know, it's taking out into the world that I'm alive today. It's a beautiful day. Even when it's not, I'm going to do my best and just be me. 
I'm going to do what I can. And then, you know, the birds will start singing and I'm like, oh, they hear me. They, <laughs> they get it. <laughs> they validate that for you. Um, so as a kiddo, you know, and you said your mom was very, you know, accepting and kind of played along with, you know, what she thought was imagine, you know, imagination. But at what point do you think did, was she like, oh, this is real, like my kid is really seeing things? I don't know what her moment was. I have seen lots of doctors. <laughs> she did cover all bases. Okay. I'll say that. Um, which, you know, turns, you, I always think of like Sheldon, I'm not insane. My mom had me tested. Like, that's me. <laughs> like, I've seen a lot of doctors. And they're like, she's fine. She's fine. You know, the things she's seeing, her eyes aren't, you know, wrong. There's no, She's not seeing flashes of light because her eyes are going blind. It's nothing mm-hmm. like that. She ruled out all the, like. She did. Medical, which, biological yes, causes. Which is important because when people come to me with, with gifted kids, I'm like, can we, we first have to rule out it's not this. It's not they're depressed. It's not, you know, some growth hormone or whatever. Like, we have to rule that out. Yes, it's involved and it matters. But it, if we can rule out other things, then what are you left with? Well, the unexplainable, really. Mm-hmm. And from there, we figure it out. But my mom... I don't know when she realized. I think it was when she pulled me out of the religious schools because I'd had an incident with the teacher where I had said something that went against the Bible. You know, I asked questions. I'm always asking questions. I can't not. You know, it it happens, especially as a kid. And, you know, she got really upset with me, and she punished me where, so, like, uh, talking about it, but um, I was at the table with all the kids, and she wouldn't let me use the bathroom. And she wouldn't let me out of my chair until I had an accident right oh there God. in the classroom. And then she made the other kids help me clean it up. So there was that level of, like, punished through humiliation. Mm-hmm. And that stuck. And I don't think I ever told my mom about it. I may have because I was always open with her. But after it happened, I, I remember she pulled me out. And she was like, no. Because she's a good mama. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah, that old woman was not okay. But... She took me out. She made sure I had all the tutoring I needed, all the support I needed. All the while, we had my my father there who was not okay. You know, I think I wrote about that in my books where he's, he was not okay. So she was doing it as a single mom pretty much. You know, we had my grandmother who was helpful. But she just, I would say, I, he, you know, Petey needs to sit here at that time. He's Petey. She'd be like, okay. You know, or I would talk to her mom. I had this nightmare, and she's like, okay, come sleep with me. You're, you know, I'm having a hard time sleeping, you know, where the ADHD kicks in, where I wouldn't sleep for a week at a time, and she would just hold me. Wow. You know, she, I, she's amazing. <laughs> she's a lot of what, how I parent now because of her that just because we don't get it doesn't mean it's not happening. You know, she taught me that. That's a great just lesson overall. Especially, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm just... <laughs> I mean, even as as parents, you know, we've, you know, talked about things and, yeah, Yeah. we're just like, it's hard when you don't understand. But, I mean, from, you know, your mom's experience, just just Mm -hmm. accepting and kind of going with it. She did. You know, she's like, that's my baby girl, and I love you, and I will support you, even if it's weird, and I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) She's like that still. That's awesome. (laughs) And I think, yeah, that's that's the way, um, you know. That's the way parenting, I think, needs yeah. to be. And, it, you know, and it's funny because I actually, I do come from a gifted family. But the circumstances of it were that my grandmother, born and raised in England in a tiny village during the war, and they were known in the village as 
if they say something, listen. Now, it never, the word psychic, none of that ever floated around. That's a no-no. Okay. Um, her best friend had the gift, too, and it came out, and she was institutionalized. So it was a big no-no. We don't talk about it. And, you know, then here I come. <laughs> I'm like, I wrote books and all of this. And my grandmother at the time was like, what are you doing? She was not okay with it, which hurt because she was always so supportive. And then to do this, because I came out publicly with it, she was, you know, I look at it now because she talked to me about it after a while. She was scared. She's oh, like, yeah. what are people going to say? What are they going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I imagine they'll either love me or hate me. I don't know. We'll see. And, you know, putting yourself out there, it's, it is scary. And then when your one supports, like, don't do it, you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> why am I doing this? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, understanding that, you know, where she came from, mm-hmm. yeah, of just, like, the, the persecution of that yeah. and what history has told us. Yes, yeah, the persecution almost definitely. Of many, many people mm-hmm. um, for having gifts. You know, yeah. I I can see that, but yeah, I mean, I'm but I'm glad that you <laughs> outed yourself. I did. I, oh, I brought the whole family too. <laughs> it was, she went to a, she went to this big work thing with her best friend, who lives here in Tucson. And when she went, she met all of these people. You know, and they're like, wait are you Katie's grandma? And she was like, I'm going to kill that kid, you know? Like, because <laughs> suddenly she had all these people asking her questions, what's it like? And she's like, oh, I, she called me. She's like, why'd you do that? And I'm like, because I wanted to. You're amazing. <laughs> I had to talk about you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Um, so, okay, you're a kiddo. You ha- you're having, you're experiencing these things as you're getting older, like as you become a teen and Ooh. a young adult, what is that <laughs> oh, looking teens. like? And well, and just to kind of quickly back up, like, so as a little kid, you're kind of just seeing things and mm-hmm. inadvertently saying things because yes. you don't know, you know, you <laughs> no don't have filter. that social filter because <laughs> you're a kiddo. But yeah, as you do, and you develop those skills, what does that look like as a teenager and young adult and I learned real quick to mind what I say, that a lot of people don't like it when you tell them, hey, so-and-so's sick, you need to take care of it, or hey, don't drive that way, and they do, and then it gets hurt. You know, something happens, or, you know, so I learned real quick going into the teen years, I shut it down. I swallowed it. I, mm-mm. I lost contact with my spirit guide, all of it. I had, I can't say I didn't have any uh, experiences, because I did. But they were very unguided. You know, I had to really just mind what I say. I'm not making friends, which I was okay with because I like being alone. But at the same time, you have that social pressure and all of these things coming in. And again, my dad was still there and things got really bad with him. And, you know, it was my mom and I against the world at that point. And to have lost that connection to my spirit guide during that really hurt. That was so hard. Now, granted, to be fair, that was me. It was I did it. Yeah. I did that. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be different. <laughs> and I shut it down. I got sick. I lost so much weight. It got to where I could be walking and I would just fall over. I became so anemic. I got migraines. I was all over the place. I did not do well in school. And my mom was concerned. You know, and then I discovered, you know, the goth phase, right? Like, oh, I still carry that. <laughs> like, yes, you do. I have you a love. You wave of, that flag. I sure do. <laughs> like, I felt comfort in this, you know, like that silly saying, comfort in my sorrows, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> but I learned to, I don't know how to explain it. It's like flowers that bloom only in moonlight. That was me. I was on my own, doing my own thing, taking care of my mom. And I also found, again, solace in my animals, in nature. Like, I could 
be at peace out there. I wasn't in all the noise, all the chaos that I had shut. I shut it off to know what it was, but it still came in. You know, I was getting rashes and I didn't know why. Like, again, saw a lot of doctors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only this time it was for concern of the mental health versus just physical because something wasn't right. And finally, you know, I told my mom, I'm like, I'm, I'm not okay. I was like, we can't do this. We cannot live like this anymore. And it was him. It was, you know, it was my dad. And I was like, we, we can't. I have to leave. And she was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm all like, was like 14. And I packed my bags. I was like, I'm going. I can't live here anymore. And I called my grandma. That night, my mom filed the papers. She was like, she didn't do it because she didn't know what to do as far as me taking me from my dad. and all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when I told her, I can't do this. She, it was like the light she needed, and everything changed after that. It actually got worse. <laughs> you would think, yeah, it's going to get better. It didn't, because then he had nothing to lose. He was already losing it. So that was some very, very dark moments in life where, you know, you, you don't know if you're going to wake up the next morning, you know. And in all of that, I still never lost my connection to the divine, You know, we talk about angels and spirits and all of this, but I think a lot of times we overlook the source of it. Mm -hmm. And I always try to remind people, like, no, you can build your foundation first. I've learned, (laughs) you know, you can have all the trees, but they come from the ground. You need that source, that foundation. And in all of that, in my darkest hours, I never lost that. I lost my spirit guide. I lost the angels. I lost all that. But I always had that, no, something is pushing me. Something loves me besides Mm -hmm. my mom. And then, you know, over time, it was hard because I, you know, when that separated, we had to move. You know, we had to, we had to hide. We moved. I lost my horses. I lost my goats, which I loved my goats and my chicken. I had a chicken that I used to carry with me everywhere. He used to ride on my horse's butt on rides. Like, I was that person. <laughs> like, you talk about, like, the witch. It's no, no, it's not warts. It's chickens on your horse. <laughs> you know, and I, we had to sacrifice everything for a new start and that was scary for me but I always think of her and how scary that must have been for her and we did it and then over time you know the weight began to lessen and I started seeing the light flashes again and I'm like what was that and then I'd have that memory wait I used to see those as a kid or I'd see you know a spirit walk by and again it's almost like it was new where I'm like what what the F is that (laughs) you know I'm like what is that and then I'm like, oh, no, I've, I've seen these. And all of that came back. And then <laughs> my spirit guide, true to his nature, one day I was having a day. I'm laying on the couch, you know, like, I know someone's there. I just, I don't even know who you are, blah, blah, because I'd kind of forgotten about him after years. Well, I all of a sudden got this, like, it was like a slap, but it was a shock where, like, I felt the hand on my cheek. It went through, and it was like I'd stuck my, a fork in the, the socket, and I was like, and it, it creaked my neck and everything, and I'm like, what the hell was that? And there he was, standing there, front and center, and he's like, what took so long? And I'm like, oh, and I ran because he scared me. <laughs> like, I know people are like, what? No, he's big. He's a big guy in his full form, not the form he shows the kid. This was him in his fullness. Was that the first time you'd seen him in him his Him in fullness? his fullness, yes. Okay. And yeah, when I ran. it wasn't Petey anymore. It wasn't Petey anymore. It wasn't little Petey, you know, little guy with, no. 
He was in his, and he's, he's very tall. He's very big. He's a big cowboy. He's got his hat, you know, and his coat. And he's got this big voice and, you know, his presence overall. Anyone who works with him now, they're like, he's so big. I'm like, I know. So other people, well, okay. Other people can see him. Now. Okay. Some, yeah. When they get to know me, they'll be like, why is this huge cowboy in my house? I'm like, oh, yeah, don't worry about him. (laughs) Like, you can run, but he'll find you. (laughs) He found me. That's so crazy. once that came back, everything came back. All the memories I tried to hide, all those feelings came back, but so did the lessons I learned. So did, you're, you're okay. You're not alone. I always had that divine connection, but now I have my spirit team. And for me, that solidified, wow, like we all have this. We have these tools. We have these abilities. Everyone has them. Anyone can connect to them. They just don't know how. Or they get scared because, you know, they could be huge and scary. <laughs> and that's, and that's you know, that kind of brings me to your book. You know, you you talk about those things. Um, Spiritual Living, your, your first book, um, to me is like a, an instruction or introduction yeah. yes. to like everything. Everything. Spiritually, spiritually <laughs> related. Like, These are connected. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, it... Uh, I, I actually just recently recommended it to a friend because we were having a conversation about intuition and things like that. And I'm like, you know what? Just, I bought it for her and sent it to her. I'm like, here. I'm like, this is a really good overview of, like, yep. everything. Everything. Um, I mean, you talk about, you know, I mean, you obviously you talk about, like, all the different um, gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we can kind of go into those in a little bit. But, like, you talk about you know, symbols, numerology, astrology, plants, stones, gems, spirits and ghosts. I mean, everything. Uh, warrior, um, what's the... All the psychic warriors. Psychic yep. warriors. That one blew my mind. Um, <laughs> and we can talk about that. I mean, all, all the things. But it was, a, it was a really good introduction and um, and how, you know, I mean, I, I didn't know that everyone has the ability. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's innate, yeah. it sounds like. And, you know, it's just whether... We choose to work on that and, yep. and you know, practice those skills, open yes. ourselves up, number one, acknowledge them and which yes. ones we think we have, um, and then work. It, it takes work. And it, you get to build it according to what works for you. That's my favorite part. You know, some people are like, oh, about the angels. And I'm like, yeah, they're amazing. So here's who you should, you know, work with. And others are like all about the saints or all about, you know, the elementals if you're in the witch world, you know, and I'm like, oh, yes, I love, I work with all of them. But here's what, you know, would might work for you. Try doing this. And, you know, when it's vibes with you, you mm-hmm. relate better. It's not something that's being pushed at you from a guy with a big, you know, thing on the stage, which is fine. But some people like to do it a little bit more, personal, a little more intimate in what works with them. So kind of explain the psychic gifts, just kind of give a rundown yeah. of like the different ones and what that, what they mean. So you have your mediums, they can see, speak with, interact with the dead and whether their spirits crossed over or ghosts, the spirits that stuck that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, what's the difference? That's the difference. One stuck, one isn't. Um, so they interact and work with them. How they do it will depend on them. Some see them, some hear them, some feel them. 
Then you have your empaths who are the emotional sponges. They walk around and they just absorb the problems of the world and everyone around them. And they get flooded with people and all their problems because spirit knows you can fix this. So of course they're going to send you all these people. You have intuitives who are usually very guarded against people because they know their true intentions. They might not be able to put their finger on what it is, but they know I don't like you. <laughs> so they'll say, I don't like that person. And their friends will be like, what? They're so nice. Sure enough, something happens, you know. Um, we have, uh, the psychics, which they can see beyond things that have happened, or they can look into the past. They can look into the present again, how each one works will be different to them, but it's kind of, you know, we have our lifeline. We plan out our lives and our stops along the way, our faded points. So no matter what you do, you're going to end up at this point for this lesson where free will comes in is how do you get from point A to point B? That's up to you. You can do it the easy way, the hard way, or a bit of both. <laughs> hard way over here, of course. <laughs> but the psychic, what they can do is it's like they tap into your lifeline and it's like watching a movie. You can fast forward it, rewind it, and pause it. Oh, this part looks important. I think I need to look at this one. And the good thing with looking at somebody's lifeline is you're not watching the whole 70 years. <laughs> you know, your spirit guides come in and they go, no, nah, you want this one. <laughs> and they'll say, mom. And I'll be like, mom, okay. And I go, mom, you're worried about mom. And they go, oh my God, how'd you know? And I'm like, wrong. Because <laughs> they told me, you know, or different things like that. And then we have our animals. We have the animal communicators, which is my mom. She does, it's not that she doesn't believe in any of this. She does. She knows. She's, she can't not know, right? But she relates to the animal kingdom. That is her vibe. She likes people. They love her, but she'd rather be by herself. You know, she doesn't want to go with animals. With yes. So it's so funny. We'll go, we'll go to the park and squirrels come out of nowhere. <laughs> She's already got a bag of peanuts because she knows it's going to happen. Or we went camping once and this huge goat out of nowhere comes and it's like, like it knew she had peanuts. I don't know. <laughs> it was so funny. Or she has her horses and, and there again, spirit knows what you're good at and that's what's going to repeat in your life. So for her, she has the want, means, and ability to help the animals that were abandoned, mm -hmm. abused, have genetic problems. And, you know, we kind of joke about it, but it's also kind of sad that we say she's not allowed to have a normal animal. There's always going to be something wrong. And she gets her hands on them, you know, she's got her horses and all her four dogs and all of this now. And yeah, each one of them has issues, but with her, they heal, mm -hmm. they get better. You know, and people always ask her, how do you do that? And she's like, I don't know, I just love them, <laughs> you know. Um, and then we have our psychic warriors, and you see like that one. They're the ones that take on the darker side of spirit. That's their life theme. You know, their house is haunted. It's going to try to burn the house down. They, you know, oftentimes are priests or spiritual leaders of a sort because they know instinctively that it's not all hearts and flowers. People are not always good. And just because they die doesn't excuse them of what they've done. I think that's something people forget. Like, mm -hmm. you're a terrible person. You're still a terrible person. They take that on. They help, you know, they help us get through all of that. And they'll help fight, you know, those things in your house that you can't get rid of. And, you know, it's not that they're unaffected. Um, I think I mentioned in my book with my cousin. cousin? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Well, she was the one that tried to burn her house down. Another one threw her down the stairs. Like, it's not... One I would ever want. I've had my share, but for her, that's how she lives. She's used to it. 
but she's so strong. And when something happens, she's like, oh, you do, you messed up now. <laughs> like, you know, and she's like, where's my water? <laughs> I hold my sprays, you know, where's my amulets or however she does it. And I'm just sitting on the couch watching her like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> well, and yeah, like I, of course I had like, I've, you know, I've heard the, the normal ones, you know, the psychics, Everyone the knows empath, but medium, the, and intuition. The, um, <laughs> Sorry, what are they called again? The Psychic Warriors. Psychic Warriors. Yeah. Um, I was like, wow, you guys are like the unsung heroes they of this are. because you're keeping all this evil and they do. wicked energy away. Yep. You know? You know, and it's funny because uh, with my history of <laughs> priests and everything, it was not a good history. So anytime I'm approached by one, I have that knee-jerk reaction to guard myself. And I happened to encounter one at a, at a private dinner for a client. And, oh, he was the nicest guy I've ever met. He was amazing. I absolutely love him. He runs a church here in Tucson. I can't say his name because I don't want to be that person, you know. But um, we talked forever. And sure enough, he's like, oh, he's an ordained exorcist. He does those. And, of course, my curiosity was like, oh, where's my notepad? So many questions, right? Because I've taken care of my share of dark spirits. I've had the attacks. I've had all of that where I help people. But I've never done that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, my God. And I was like, well, I imagine it's not like the movies. And he's like, not really. He's like, there are times where they stop breathing or this happens or, you know, things fly around and all that. But as far as like the actual exorcist, mm-hmm. no, the heads don't fly around. That's not how that works. <laughs> but to hear him and everything he goes through to help people and how they come in off the street. They're not church patrons. They come in, they're homeless, whatever or they're businessmen, and they come in, and they stare at him. And he knows instantly, oh, there's something wrong with them. There, there's something wrong with them. And he welcomes them in. He gives them water. And before they know it, they feel better because he did whatever he does, and they're able to move on from there. Whereas before, their lives are falling apart or all of this. And it's just one of those, again, spirit will bring you what you're supposed to do. He doesn't go out looking for these people. They literally walk into his church off the street as anybody, and there he is, the thing they needed. Wow. Tell me, because you've mentioned priests a couple of times. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm like, uh. Tell me the story. You've, we, you've told me before, but I want the listeners to hear about the story um, of when you were doing like a, a, fam, a fundraiser oh, readings yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I was doing... Um, it was like a charity event to raise money. They invited me to come down, of course, anytime for charity. I love doing that. Now, the big group settings are not my favorite. I prefer intimate, small, you know, but you're not going to say no to helping to raise money, right? So I'm I'm in there, room full of people, you know. I'm like, I'm not sweating. I'm not sweating. I'm not nervous. <laughs> but here I am. I'm reading all these people, room full of people, and out of nowhere, here comes this man. And he comes at me, he's got his oils and his cross, and he's yelling at me and all this, and he's trying to put his blessing on my forehead, and I'm, like, in the middle of this And what is he yelling? I'm trying to remember what he said. It was, he was praying, was what he was doing. And I think he was using the Holy Mary, and I'm like, that's mine. I use that. What are you doing? That won't work. (laughs) But afterwards, you know, I actually sat with him. I sat him down and I'm like, let me tell you something, sir. Your mother disapproves what you just did. And his face dropped. He was just, he looked at me like, how do you know about my mom? And I don't always get a lot of information. I usually just get what you need and you take that. You know, I don't need to know the details of your life. Mm-hmm. You, you know it. And I, oh my God, everything. 
I saw his childhood and it made me so sad. I saw his life. I'm like, oh, he's an alcoholic. I saw all of these things. And I knew in that moment when I was sitting with him saying all of this as he's like turning bright red and he doesn't know whether to, you know, re recur bless me. Oh, he says, bless me. I'm like, you're cursing me. What are you doing? <laughs> or, you know, he was in shock. So after a while, I told him, I was like, I, I saw, I was like, you came here for your church trying to do something that you thought was good. I get it. You guys are taught that thou shalt not suffer a witch to live, right? That I am the enemy. I, I get it. I get what you're doing, but you're going about it wrong. I was like, you cannot come out and attack somebody as a way of trying to boost your self-esteem within your organization. I was like, that's not okay. And then he got all like, well, and I'm like, well, it's okay. And I, I hugged him, which I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I'm like, why am I hugging you? This feels weird. But I felt bad for him. You know, I was actually really upset and I chewed on it for a while. I kept washing my forehead. Like, is that stuff gone? <laughs> it stunk. I don't know what it was. It smelled weird. <laughs> and I, I chewed on that for so long because I felt so bad for him. I wasn't even mad he came at me. I was at the time. Yeah. Which was why I was like, sit. <laughs> We're going to have a conversation. But I felt bad. I'm like, this poor guy, he's been rejected by his family. He's been rejected by his his faith, according to him, from what I saw. He's, he's alone. He, you know, and his only way to feel acknowledged was to attack somebody else. And when I sat with him and I talked to him, and mom came through too, like I said, that really freaked him out. He just almost like he was defeated. He just went, oh. And then he went to the bar and got another drink. So I'm like, all right. But that, you know, like I said, I was upset in the moment because it's embarrassing. I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah. You know, and as I said earlier, I've like public humiliation was a thing for me before. Absolutely. And, you know, but I left it feeling so bad for him. And it was another reminder for me that, you know, do what you do, but from a place of love not from a place of, I'm better than you. I'm going to do better than you. Because that's the thing a lot of spiritualists do is they almost use it as like, I'm better than you because I'm so enlightened. And I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's ego, like, yo. That, exactly. I like, tell people like, mind the self and the ego. We, you know, someone, I read a thing where it's like, how much ego do we need? And the monk's like, just enough to not walk in front of the bus. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but no, I, and he was not the first priest. I worked in a nursing home for a long time with rehab and hospice. And one of my uh, patients wasn't hospice yet, but was getting there and she was on a feeding tube. She was dying of cancer. It was horrible. And she was young, never smoked, nothing like that. It's, it, life gives you what it's going to give you. She had decided she didn't want her feeding tube anymore, which meant we knew what that meant. Well, she was Catholic. Her priest came in, pinned me against the wall and said he was going to press charges on me. I'm sending her to hell. This is my fault. And I'm just like, okay, well, first, medically speaking, I can't, you know, I can't force her. She knows what she's doing. And spiritually speaking, screw you to tell her, oh, you're going to go to hell now. Like, all your suffering, now you're going to hell. I got so mad. That was one of those where I'm like, oh, I should have approached it different because we actually got into a physical scuffle oh and they God. had to separate us. <laughs> I'm a big girl, though. You know, I'm like, I can handle it. <laughs> you're like, bring it. I did. I did because he made me mad. Not because he pinned me against the wall. I was like, please, bruh, like, don't scare me. But because of what he said, I'm like, she is hearing you shout that you're going to hell doesn't matter what she did. All that's going to matter right now is that you're refusing your feeding tube. You know, she didn't want to prolong her suffering. And that was another, like, 
I get where he was coming from. He was trying to save her soul according to their beliefs. But at the same time, have a little more sympathy, a little more um, empathy to what she's feeling. She, yeah. she is dying. That is happening. You know. Well, and in the book, you kind of talk about, I mean, right at the beginning of like, it's spirituality is like live and let live. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, yep. but don't judge me for doing me. Yes. You big know? time. And kind of, you know, on, on the whole... Um, Catholic thing. Sorry, I was raised Catholic, so <laughs> no, I mean, like, so I'm Catholic guilt is pre- real. <laughs> I'm glad you did have a good priest story, so like, we I can did. even it out. But, I did. Um, you know, growing up Catholic, um, you know, your book really helped me in the sense of, so, because you, you touch on subjects that resonate with me from my religious background, and so... I didn't expect to read things about about the Virgin Mary and the angels, (laughs) Michael and Gabriel. And so I was very like, oh, and, you know, I'm at a place right now where I I don't feel a need to have to be in a a place of worship. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like I need to have someone be a conduit to my relationship with God, the creator, the universal source. Um, But I've always felt guilty mm-hmm. in like, well, there are these things and these traditions and rituals and things that I still do very much value in mm-hmm. my Catholic upbringing. Um, but there's also these other things that I'm now getting exposed yeah. to as well. And it's, it's, I've, I've felt like it's been an either or. Yeah. And with you bringing up, you know, the blessed mother and I was I just like, her. oh my gosh, I was like, I can have it mm-hmm. all you can I can have what I the things that I love from mm-hmm. you know Catholicism and the things that I I'm starting to love in just spiritual tools and stones and <laughs> <Right>? tarot cards <laughs> and <laughs> right? you know I can pray the rosary I can put yes. my I can put my rosary out in the moonlight and you know, refresh her and you know yeah like I can I have one hanging things. by my bed it hangs on my headboard with me while I sleep, and I'm not Catholic. I would, yeah. I, you would think I'd run from anything like that. No. Well, and that's why it's funny because no. after you know reading your book, I had asked you, I'm like, are you Catholic? Because I was getting like all these, like <laughs> she understands like what this is, and so so that that piece of your book really helped me kind of just release and be like, okay, it it doesn't have to be it this way, have and to. I could just drop that guilt yes and just that catholic guilt i talked about that this morning in my readings this morning catholic guilt and she's like that is a thing i'm like i know (laughs) it really is (laughs) you can though you know i i love mother mary i am not catholic i was not raised catholic i've not actually even been to a catholic service now my husband was raised catholic he's been confirmed all of that and he keeps saying we should go to a midnight mass i'm like that sounds exhausting But if it's something he wants to do, all right. And the funny thing, too, is, you know, I don't have, you know, icons of Jesus in my home. Not because I don't work with him. I don't work with him as much, I think, as people might assume. I work with his mom. So I have her. I have the angels. But my little one, out of nowhere, one day started talking about Jesus. And I was like, interesting, because he's not one I talk about at home very often. And she's like, I just love baby Jesus. And I'm like, oh, he's a baby? And she's like, yes, he will always be a baby. I'm like, well, he grew up, yeah, but I like him as a baby. <laughs> and since then, she has always gone on about 
She has her two favorite spirits. Okay, you can get this, right? <laughs> this is my family. She has Jesus. That is her, like, she loves him. She talks to him. That is, you know, her safety blanket. And Medusa. <laughs> right? Like, what? And a lot of people think Medusa as a spirit. Yes, she is a spirit that protects women. When you see her story and what she went through, you know, and how she died, even though she had been hidden away and all of this, and men still killed her just for being who she was, she became this entity on the other side, a protector of women. Wow. You know, she's you know, one of those idols or, you know, energies to work with. So when my little one found out, you know, her true story one day, because it's not quite like what they say in the books, you know, and I told her, I was like, well, you know, this is what she, and that was it. She connected to her right away. So yes, she has Jesus on one side and Medusa, Medusa on, on the, the other. other. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, speaking of, you know, you mentioned your husband and your kids. Mm-hmm. How does this play out being a mom and, a, well, first of all, being a wife? Yeah. Because your husband is not, you know, No, he's a science mind. He reads books on physics for fun, and I'm like, that's weird. (laughs) You know? He's sitting there, and he'll sit and write out formulas, and I'm like, I don't know the language of numbers. Please don't talk to me like that. (laughs) And he's just like, but this. And he throws out all these words, and I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. So, yeah, how did that play out with you meeting and being like, oh, yeah, hey, FYI, um, I can see that people. (laughs) And that's almost exactly how it went. (laughs) I met him at, you know, one of my first jobs aside from, you know, babysitting and everything. I did that for a long time. And then I got a job at this, it's kind of like a bookman's, it was Hastings, they're not open anymore, and he was one of the managers, and I was in charge of the video section, and one day we start talking, and you know, he has this button-up collar shirt, he's so, pr- like, he's got the crease in his pants, and he's wearing, like, you know, his Very hair. opposite of you. So opposite of me, right? And I remember seeing him going, like, oh, he's so pressed. There's not a wrinkle. It's weird. And he does not talk a lot. I don't, I'm sure you've noticed, like, he doesn't talk to people. <laughs> That's just how he is. And he's very much in his own head. Well, one day it's late. We're closing up the store, you know, and the AC wasn't working. And he, he's like, oh, so he takes off the shirt and he's got his undershirt on. Dude's covered in tattoos. I'm like, wait a minute. What just happened? Like, you fooled me, you know? And it was also... You're like, your hot meter just went up. It did. It really <laughs> did. Like, suddenly I'm looking. Now I'm paying attention. And then it dawned on me, I can't read him. Why can't I read him? I can read anybody. Why can't I read him? And then, of course, Jay pops up, and he's like, because he's important. And I'm like, what oh, does that mean? Because you can't read people I can't read very people. close to you. No. Or, if okay. they have a direct influence of my life, I don't get to know. Okay. Not really. That makes sense. And that's cheating, right? If mm-hmm. I know I'm going to marry you, I can mess something up. You know, it's, there's a timeline or whatever. And from there, we just started talking. You know, and I'm like, yeah, he's cute. All right, he's very cute. And then over time, it's like, he reads. He loves horror, which that was like, he had me at I love horror. That was it. <laughs> I remember I tell him that. Well, then one day it came up, what, how come you're sometimes staring off into space? And I was just like, again, you know, where mind what you say. But with him, it felt different. And I was like, oh, I see ghosts. And he's like, what? <laughs> I was like, I see dead people. <laughs> and he goes, that's awesome. And I'm like, What? He's like, that's amazing. And I'm like, what? Do you see him? And he's like, no, that'd be horrible. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So then he says, well, what are you seeing? And I'm like, oh, you know, I see this or that. And he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like in his house, he goes, what, they're in my house? And I'm like, they're in your house. <laughs> they're everywhere. <laughs> then 
So we flash forward sometimes. He, he knows I'm weird. Okay, that came out. He knows I see dead people. Sometimes I'll be sitting at a table having lunch, and I'll be like, you know, staring at a couple, and he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, they're doing this, or, you know, they're having a fight. It's like this. And he's like, oh, my God, you're so gossipy. And I'm like, just to you. <laughs> he's like, well, go tell him. I'm like, no, no, thank you. But then one night, you know, he's a flash forward some time. It's one of the first times we slept in the same bed. And activity picks up at night. Okay. Always does. And it's actually like that for most people, which is why they have weird dreams or when you jolt awake from your sleep or things like that. That's spirit. They're there. So I'm laying in bed and I'm waiting. I know. I'm like, oh, something's going to happen, right? Sure enough, I'm just about to fall asleep and all of a sudden I feel, we feel the blanket being pulled from the end of the bed, being pulled off. I'm like, because I'm like, this is hilarious. And he's like, oh my God. Oh my God, do you feel that? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. And he had the switch for the light. Uh, it was like a remote for the ceiling mm-hmm. fan right next to him. I'm like, turn on the light. Turn on the light. He's like, no. No, just ignore it. Go back to sleep. And it's still being pulled off. And it was a heavy blanket. He's like, it's a cat. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> right? Like no. my cat's got hands and he's going to start pulling <laughs> the blanket off, right? And, you know, finally he, he jolts up and he grabs the blanket and he rips it back up and he plops down and he does not move. He doesn't make a sound. And I'm over here cracking up because he's freaking out. And the next morning, I wake up perfectly refreshed. I'm good. And I see him. He looks like death. And I'm like, sleep well? And he's like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, welcome to my world, love. Like, this is how it is. And for the longest time, I'd come home from work late at night or whatever, because I work night shifts at the nursing home sometimes. And every TV in the house would be on and on loud. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing. There were not noises in this house. (laughs) Because at that house... We had this one spirit used to stomp through the house all the time, and it was a manufactured home, so it's got that hollow mm-hmm. sound. Yeah. He'd come up the stairs. You'd think someone's at the door. He'd come through the living room and then through our bedroom, out the bathroom. Light clockwork. I got used to him, but he did not. <laughs> and he'd just be like, it was it was weird. It was loud. And then all my toys would go off or different things like my Ernie I talk about in the book. He still doesn't like Ernie. He's used to him now after like 20 years, but... Well, because he knows what he is. Yes. Like, explain quickly what Ernie is. What Ernie Ernie is, is. yes. So Ernie is what I would call the spiritual doorbell. There's times where life gets overwhelming and spirit's trying to get you, and you're not always acknowledging your physical symptoms. Oh, I have a headache. Why? Oh, I'm feeling anxious. Why? A lot of people don't stop to take the time to acknowledge what their body's trying to tell them or their emotions. You, You don't react for no reason. Something is happening. But even so, even I ignore, you know, enough times where, um... Another spirit guide of mine, one I don't work with very often, but it was during writing the first book, I believe, and that's why I put it in there. Or I put it in the second, I don't know. It's in one of them. But anyways, you know, he, again, I had that, I was sleeping, I knew someone was there, and I was just, I don't feel like it. I don't want to talk right now. Again, remember that slap? <laughs> Where you feel like you're getting, like, and again, creak my neck. Come to find out, they had been trying to get a hold of me because they wanted me to do something with this book. And I was like, why didn't you just say something? And they're like, we tried. Well, why didn't you do that? We did that. You ignored it. So I got this idea to say, okay, if you need my attention, we need a system, right? We need something that you can set off so I know it's you. Well, <laughs> that's where Ernie comes in, right? Jay used him all the time as a joke, but then it became a thing where anytime they're trying to get a hold of me and I'm not listening, they set him off. I have had him since I was a little girl. Same factory batteries he came the with. the Sesame Street Ernie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Sing and Snore Ernie. Okay. The Sing and Snore was tummy raises and all that. He doesn't speak anymore except the one line, I feel great. 
That's it. So when he goes off, I feel great. I feel great. At three in the morning, I feel great. My husband goes, oh, my God. <laughs> Would you just go talk to them already? Because he knows they're trying to get a hold of you and you're ignoring them. And that's when I got the idea. We should set something up, you know. It helps people when they have that visual confirmation or they hear it. You know, it makes it more real. Therefore, the connection is stronger. And too, when you're like me and you just don't want to deal sometimes. <laughs> yeah, because that's got to be overwhelming. <laughs> it can be. It can be. You know, and as far as the kids, that was a whole other, <laughs> that was a whole other life lesson, right? Like becoming a mom uh, is a shock in itself. It's so much to learn. And then, oh, by the way, <laughs> they're gifted. And I'm going now from having had it as a child, the nightmares, the not sleeping, the all of the anxiety, all these things connected to it because you don't know. Only now I get to do it as mom. I know what you're going through. I know what's happening. I see them too. And then there's times too where, you know, my son, at one point, he was, I want to say he was like four or five, refused to sleep in his room. He would not sleep in his room. And, you know, we talk about that ego. I go in and I'm like, who's messing with my son? I don't see anything. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Maybe he's just being difficult. No, he wouldn't sleep. The bug. He kept saying a bug in my room. And I'm thinking, what bug? Is it a fly? Because he didn't like flies either. You know, it's, I looked high and low. There's no actual bug. So I'm like, okay, you know, spirit eye, let's see what we got. There's no bug. There's nothing. And finally, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's upsetting him. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do what I always do. I'm going to go sage his room. So I went ahead. I saged out his room. I don't get the girls' rooms while I'm at it. And I left it at that. I never leave it at that. But I did this time. So what happened was, <laughs> it was again with the husband. We're getting ready to go to bed. He did that night sleep in his room, no problem. And I'm like, okay, maybe it was just energy. Who knows? We're heading to bed, husband and I. I <laughs> flip on the bedroom light. And I shit you not, it was massive. This thing, uh, the best way I can describe it is, you, you know those old fossils you see with like, um, they kind of look like bugs and they got like the ribbed lines and then mm -hmm. the long spine? Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Now, I flip on the light and it was big and it scurried under the bed and it made me jump. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And the husband's like, what? <laughs> he's behind me and I'm like, did you see that? That thing's huge. And he, he's gone. He's like, get it out. Get it out of the room, please. Get it out of the room. And I now, said, is this a spiritual bug? Spirit bug. Okay. Spirit bug, yes. And I was thinking to myself, that's what he saw. No wonder he was so scared. I didn't see it in his room, probably because it was hiding really well. But when I saged out their rooms, it went somewhere else to hide. I didn't do the rest of the house against what I normally do. And that's when I saw it. And there it was. And then it dawned on me, just because I don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And that was another life lesson that just because you don't get it doesn't mean it's not real. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. You know, that what they're feeling or reacting to, and that's anybody, but especially kids, there's something, there's something happening. And when I saw that, I was like, okay. And then, you know, light bulb number two, oh, this kid's seeing things. All right. This kid's seeing things. Or my daughter, because he's a twin. So his sister's on the other end. She's like her father. She's ridiculously smart, but she actually sees more than he does. She got that from me. And she'll lay in bed and be like, oh, they're making too much noise. You know, I've gone into her room because I hear this banging around and I think she's playing. And I'm like, it's bedtime. And sure enough, there's her spirit guide like <laughs> making all this noise. And I'm like, you guys need to keep it down. And they're like, sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you're going to wake the neighbors. And I'm the only one that actually hears it. But still, you know, and then my other one, my little one, she is nature based. 
all the way. She is my, you know, she's my little witch, and yet she's the one in love with Jesus. You know, it, it again, what works for each of them works for them. And, you know, she's born on the full moon and covered in hair. Right? Yeah, you said that. Uh-huh. She was born on a full moon covered head to toe in the softest, prettiest black hair that they usually lose, you know? And... So we joke, you know, oh, you're a werewolf baby, but she she really is. She a really is. Baby. Like I I know you joke, like not knowing how she can flip. <laughs> I yeah, I don't believe anything you say about that child. Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody does except you know those that live within the house <laughs> with the werewolf. <laughs> but she yeah she doesn't really relate to people. I, I mean she does. You know you see her at school. She's got friends. Everyone loves her, and she's so good. And then she comes home. And she wants to be left alone. She likes her nature, her horses. So she goes off with my mom, you know, to do that. She gets it with my mom. They learn how to communicate there. The garden I have, that that's her. <laughs> I kill everything. And she's out there growing strawberries. She's nine. She won't eat the strawberries because she doesn't like them, but she'll grow them. And it's just like, oh, my God, she's in her element. Whereas my other daughter sees them, interacts with them, and she's emotional. So we learn not to take on the emotions of others without release, you know, because otherwise it's anxiety. It, it develops into something else. And then we have my son who loves everybody. He's social. He's all this, you know. And I was like, did you see that ghost? Now he's like, no. You know, he doesn't really see it, but he feels people. He's the living. His twin is the dead. Their baby sister is everything in between. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, your your family all around is like <laughs> amazing. It's never boring and interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm, and yeah, I'm just, I'm so glad that we are, you know, that our paths have crossed Me and too. that you know we get to live next door to one. I another. know it's awesome. <laughs> um, so one last question. So mm-hmm. how do you feel you're best using your gifts to? you know, for the, for the betterment of the collective or of our world? Like, where, where do you kind of feel like this is what I'm contributing? I like to teach. I'm not a teacher. I'm like, I admire you guys so much because I'm like, how do you do this? <laughs> you know, but when I tell someone, you can do this, they're like, no, I can't. I'm like, yes, you can. And a lot of the girls that I work with on a full-time basis now were those people. You know, I talk about my partner, Danielle who's like a sister to me. You know, I grew up with her husband. That's how I met her. And very strict Christian upbringing. Grew up on a farm in Minnesota. You know, we could not be more opposite. And even still, we have nothing in common. (laughs) We're inseparable, but we have nothing in common. She says, I couldn't do that. And I was basically like, I'll hold my beer moment. I'll show you. (laughs) You know? And like years later, she's out doing readings. She's out making the runes. She's out doing all of these things. And I'm like, see? It's true. I took, you know, this beautiful young woman who had lower self-esteem, trying to figure out she's from the farm. Now she's, you know, in this new state, new place, new marriage and all of this. And she's got her own family trying to work with. And, you know, we carry our emotional trauma, all of these things that life puts on you. And she's learned how to take it and grow with it. And now she's out, you know, it's that ripple effect. Now she's out teaching people how to do it. And then they go out and teach people how to do it. 
like I said, I don't consider myself special. I don't advertise because I'm like, they'll find me. <laughs> and they do all the time. I don't know most of these people who come to me, but I get so excited every time because I'm like, I can't wait to meet someone new. Even though outside of work, I'm like, don't look at me. <laughs> like, I want to be alone. <laughs> Leave but me when, alone. When yeah. it comes to work and spirit, that connection is there. And I'm like, I can teach you how to do this. Or if you don't want to, because it is work, it is up and down, it is not hearts and flowers all the time. It, it can't, it's work, right? I say the word meditation, everyone goes, no, because <laughs> it's work. And if they don't want to do that, that's fine. I will keep coming. I will help you out. I will connect you. But I want people to know that they are in charge of their own spiritual path. Like you said, you don't have to go to church. If you want to go to church because you're basking in that energy and that happy and that glory and you're in this building focused solely for the divine and everything it brings, that's amazing. I love it. I get it. Or if you're like me, we're on this too crowded, <laughs> you know, that you can go out. You can hike in our backyard like we have those trails and you can absorb the nature and the pure energy there that... You know, and you can still take the saints with you, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. My goal is teaching people to take control of their spiritual selves. Don't give the control completely over to anybody because that's when we get, you know, you get your cults and you get your crazies and you get all those and then it breeds more hate because control, I'm controlled by you so now I'm going to control you mm -hmm. and it spreads horribly. I don't like that. That's not how it's supposed to be. You know, I don't say we have to hold hands and sing, nothing like that. That'd be weird. <laughs> but, you know, take control. You take control of your physical life, you know, your body, your mind. We do all of that. But the spirit is just as big. And when we have spiritual peace and we know we can do this ourselves at any given moment, it's empowering. You know, because then suddenly you're like, I can do this. I can go make my podcast. I can go write a book. You know, others are like, I can do my art and sell it. Like, it matters. I'm like, yes. And they will come to you. The people, spirit, like I said, knows your gift and your talents. And they are going to constantly send people to you that need that moment, that encounter. And that's what I do. Uh, yes, I, I teach, you know how to open your gifts. I, I work with, you know, the dead all the time. Like I said, I don't even notice half the time, so I have the doorbell, <laughs> my Ernie. But, you know, letting people know you can do it how you want, the way it works for you. You're not going to hell. It's okay. <laughs> you know, do this in a way that's intimate for you. And from there, we grow. And suddenly it's like, Oh, I can. I, I, I can do this. I matter. You know, you matter. I don't know you, but I love you anyways because you're here and everyone has purpose. Oh. Wow. Well, that was a <laughs> great closing. Um, and yes, I mean, I definitely agree with you on the teaching aspect that that's your, that's your vibe. Yeah. I mean, just even coming over and hanging out for a little bit, you know, you were helpful and you know, my daughter getting into um, tarot cards and stones and all the things. And so I've always, you know, kind of, hey, I need help. And yep. you're just great. And it's just taking the time to come and meet with her and all that stuff. Oh, she's so sweet, though. I love her. <laughs> she's got I that pure, too. like, young, awesome vibe. I'm like, oh, you go in places. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, we're, we're going to watch. But so how can people contact you? Where can they find you? Even though you don't, I know. I'm <laughs> Even like, though you're going to leave it to the universe for them know, to find right? you, but no, you, they can. <laughs> we can plug, you know, your <laughs> website I, or something. <laughs> I am on Facebook. 
There's that, Berlin Spiritual Living with Katie A. Nelson. I know it's a long title, but I had to put that in there so that they could find my books because I have the links to my books on there. They can message me on there. Um, my email is katienelson711 at Hotmail. Is it Hotmail? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I don't know my own sure. stuff at Hotmail.com. <laughs> and they can email me there. Um, the fun thing with technology these days, even though it's the glitch in my matrix and never really works properly. Oh, yeah. We need to address that <laughs> quickly. Um, well, we'll see. <laughs> so far, it's been okay. But Katie has a... Um, uh, it's what do you a call quirk. It? Yeah. She and technology, which... They just do not work apparently, and I've I've seen I've seen some things like she's tried to snap pictures of stuff, and it comes out very weird. Um, I was a little concerned about the podcast, I know, right? but so far I think it's been okay. And the little blips we have, she thinks, have been from my energy and not hers. Yeah, I'm gonna blame you. <laughs> but, but awesome. Um, yeah, so they can contact me through there. And like I said, I'll get back to people as soon as I can. Technology wise has made it amazing. So I've been able to read people across the world. That's what's so fun. I did a whole string of nurses in the Doctors Without Borders that were based in Africa. And oh, wow. this was right before COVID shut down. And they were like, what do we do? I'm like, you need to get home. <laughs> like, I know you don't want to leave your job and your people and what you got to do. But if you don't leave now, you're not going to make it back for a while. And sure enough, so then they all made it back to Seattle, and they're all messaging me, hey, <laughs> can we do reading? Yeah, of course. You know, I can either do it through the email, we do it through FaceTime, or I, you know, do it on the actual phone, or, you know, if they're local, I'll come here, or go to their home, or today was in the park, I did them in the park, that was fun, it was a beautiful day, red birds everywhere, and so distance doesn't matter, time zones don't matter, we'll figure it out, just make sure you let me know what time zone you are in, because my brain won't come you know, compute that. <laughs> You're like, yeah, just tell me. What time is it over there? Right. And then, you know, questions about my books or anything. Oh, uh, the first book, I get questions a lot. What do you mean this? How does this happen? What, you know? And I'm like, if people have questions about any of it, please message me. I love it. That's how I work on the next book. I have an idea for the next one, but at the same time, the idea of taking on another book, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> No. Well, yeah, I mean, and and like I said, the first one was just a really great introduction to everything, you know, just introducing me to things that just I had no clue about and making some really good connections about, you know, things I was struggling with. And the second book, I'm not finished with it. I'm like halfway <laughs> through, but it begins with a bang. I feel like in when we're just straight up talking about the soul. Yes. And so that blew my mind. Um, so, yeah, both her books are amazing. Um, she gets very nervous when people read them. I do. I get really weird. I do. I'm like, you like, wrote books. You know, people I are do. supposed to read them. I know, and I'm like, and I get the little notice that you keep selling, they keep selling, and I'm like, why? <laughs> you know? And, and then my friend, though, she's an artist, and she's amazing, and she's like, I hate it. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Okay, that's what we're doing. <laughs> I get it. Stick it out there anyways and then just pretend it didn't and, happen. And now that I'm embarking on this, I do I do understand that it's it's, scary. That, it's, it's very scary, yeah. you know, like just being here and like, okay, I'm, I'm creating and I'm going to put this out to the masses and mm-hmm. some people are going to like it and some people aren't. But, you know, I just, you just kind of. You just got to do get you, right? You got to be your yeah. authentic self when those nagging thoughts of, I should do this. I should do this. And we don't. We get anxiety. 
we don't feel good, we're cranky, and we're like, what's going on? And then it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm actually going to do this. And you feel amazing, right? Like, once you're done, you're like, that was so cool. Like, when you oh, messaged yeah. me, I messaged I her, did yeah. it, I did I'm like, oh, I like, yay, because I know how it feels. And you're like, I can conquer the world. And then you go on to your next one, and you're like, why am I doing this? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I reached out to this? a couple people, and I'm like, send on the message, yep. like, uh, you know, and just kind of asking them, hey, I'd love to interview you. But, yeah, I mean – recording that first intro episode I was like so amped and that's yep. when I texted you yep. <laughs> and um and then yeah just I, I've, I've kind of died down for a little bit things kind of slowed at a you know I just wasn't working on it and then mm-hmm. I was like okay the time will come where I'm gonna work on it again and then of course getting ready for this yep. I was like ah! I know right? I was not nervous at all and then I got here and I'm like Yvonne, I'm nervous. <laughs> what just happened? I was so confident. And it's like, well, yeah. I, and I know how it works. So once you start, you just find the vibe and you just flow. Yeah. Just let it go. Yeah. So with people who want to put out anything new, put themselves out there for the world to see. And the world is not always nice, but it also is nice. You know, there's so much more of us out there than they realize. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that the ones that matter are the ones that are going to take your podcast and be like, thank you, because they're going to relate to people with what you're doing, you know, or with my books, people, come, I have no idea who these people are, come at me at Fry's or wherever, and they're like, I know you, and I'm like, you do? <laughs> and they're like, yes, I read your book. I'm like, oh, yay, I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're like, no, it was great. I'm like, you sure? Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a writer, and it shows, but yeah, the content is there. The content is totally there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know. I'm like, don't worry about all that stuff. Like, okay. I was just and, – and I'm not a big reader. Like, I'm ADHD like you would not believe. Yep. And I finished her first book, like, super quick because mm-hmm. it was just so – the content was just so, like – it consumed me. I was like, I want to know more. I want to know more. And so then she was working on book two, and I'm like, hurry up. I know, right? Every, oh, I got so many messages for the longest time. Where is it? I'm like, I'm sorry. Life is my excuse. I know. <laughs> you we know, still have all, you know, like jobs and, and families kids and stuff. And, we have to yeah. And I had all that craziness, like with my hand and everything, like, you know. But I finally got it out, and I was like, oh, relief. Yay. And then, of course, you're nervous because you're like, oh, my God, it's out there. And now... Just yesterday, the idea for book number three started creeping in, and I'm thinking, no, all right, what are we doing? That, that sounds fun. Creative energy is <laughs> swirling around. It comes back, you know, like when a mom has a baby and it's painful, and then she forgets, mm-hmm. and then you do it again, and you're like, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, because the end product is going to be amazing. It matters. It's okay. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we got to do this. I'm honored that, you know. Oh, I'm, I'm honored. That like, you... Um, we like I said, like we've crossed paths and that we're in each other's lives, and you know, it, you really have been an influence in, um, you know, helping me kind of, whether you know it or not. You I know didn't, that, but thank you, that's amazing. <laughs> that, you know, to listen to that inner voice of like, mm-hmm. do the podcast, do the podcast. do the podcast. So, I really appreciate it, and I couldn't think of anybody else to have as my very first um, like guest. Can- Uh, I'm getting feels. (laughs) I'm like, thank you so much. Honestly, I just, I get so excited. Just talking spirit. You know me, I can do it all day long. And this is so you. I am so excited. And I just looked at the time and it was 1-11-11. Oh, there you go. There it is. Like spirit (laughs) approves. (laughs) This is good. Um, So yeah. And who knows? We may have you back for another episode. Maybe when, you know, um, our listeners 
finish this episode, they may have questions and we may bring you back for Q&A. Oh, I'm so, so down. I love those. That would be like, fun. Put me on the spot. Let's see what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you. Thank um, you. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And special thanks to Diver City for my theme music. If you like what you hear, please follow me on my Instagram at Life Undefined Podcast. Thank you for listening and see you next time.